So Strategy Podcast, episode number 50. Yes, we made 50 episodes. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross, and this is the Social Strategy Podcast. Have you guys ever had one of those conversations where you're like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect to get that idea from this conversation, but that happened in this this interview. It was really interesting. I had a lot of fun, really enjoyed it, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And before we get into the show, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about lynda.com. You guys know that we have a special going on with lynda.com. So go out to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com forward slash Ross, over 3,000 courses, 10-day free trial on me, lynda.com forward slash Ross. Check it out. All right, guys, I want to go ahead and get right into the episode, and I will see you guys on the back end. This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, good old-fashioned networking. And guys, I've got a treat for you today. I don't often have on coaches and speakers that much. I've had a few, and everyone that's on has a speaking career, and they coach, but not specifically a coach and a speaker. And definitely with this next guest, she has one of the most inspiring stories I've heard in a really long time. And I want you guys to really listen to some of the knowledge that she has. She basically came from nothing at 16 years old, was basically put out on the street. And because of a loving teacher, was able to make her way back, come to success. She's been featured in Ebony recently, actually. Uh, Last year, she was featured in Ebony, I think right about August. Mm -hmm. She's also been in, worked with O Magazine, Glamour Magazine, you name it. She's done it. CBS, ABC, Dr. Venus Opal Reese. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. I'm a happy camper. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you. We had some difficulties connecting. And oh, my so God. It was, we were both <laughs> frazzled there for a minute. <laughs> Full transparency on this show. <laughs> okay, well, good, because I curse. Okay, great. Podcasters, it was a rough one. This is one of those ones that podcasters just hate because everything seems to go wrong at one time. Yeah, we're good now. I'm glad to be here. So I told everyone a little bit about your background. Give us a brief overview of how you ended up, because I know you kind of touch on it off and on, but I've never really heard the full story. How did you end up on the street at 16 years old? Oh, pretty simple, dude. My mama put me out. (laughs) So (laughs) I would love to say something better. You know, it's so funny. People don't actually know how to ask me. Well, the real question people really are asking me is what happened. Oh, I was about to get to that. What happened that got you on the streets, which is right, right. like that, right? And so, because I think that's what you're pointing to. And it's funny because no one ever really asked me that question directly. But to your unspoken question, I come from a background of violence. I come from a background of drugs and police and isms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them. Everyone you got, I know them. So I come from a whole history of hurts, historically as well as in my lived experience. And to keep it, because I don't want y'all worried about me, which is one of the reasons I'm real, because otherwise you'd be worried. I don't know what happened on that particular day. And it wasn't the first time mama put me out. Okay, that was part of... Just that my, cycle. It was cycle, that condition, maybe, maybe a better phrase. But normally you come back. Mama did this with all her kids. She put everybody out, right? 
But there was a rhythm to it that you would stay out for a few days or a week. You apologize, she'll let you back in. And this particular time was different. She had been away for a couple of years. I think it was a couple of years. Everything starts to mesh after a while. She had moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. And then she came back. I had already been on my own for a while, right? So when she moved back in, because we were all living in the same house, she took it over again. But by that time, I had known what it felt like to do my own thing. And the last time we had an altercation, she was very provocative. So, Bernie, I don't know who your people are, but I just want to talk to them like they're black. And I know uh, that it scales the gamut. Okay, great. So I'm gonna talk to y'all like y'all black. Okay. <laughs> so if you're not black, pretend for a moment. Okay. It was one of those situations where how can I say this? And I don't know if you know this kind of experience, Vernon, but have you ever had somebody who tries to make you fight them? Oh yeah. I grew up in inner city. Okay, great. Then it's that kind of energy, right? So she was up in my face and her intention was to get me to hit her, which would have given her permission to take it to the next level. Right. And I knew that because we had walked this and I had a value, which was I would never put my hands on her. Now, and that was a personal thing that had nothing to do with her. That was just me and spirit. That's my thing. And so she got in my face. We were in the kitchen. There was a knife on the stove, a can of Crisco oil. I remember it so clearly. I remember the crust around the can. I remember the back door was blocked off because we were living in a substandard house. So it was boarded in the back. The windows were boarded and the back door was boarded. Okay. And I could still feel the draft coming from underneath the boards. She was blocking the walkway to get out of the kitchen. So when she got in my face, she reached for the knife. Oh, wow. But that's kind of what I'm trying to explain to you. The whole situation was extreme. I have an extreme background. And I remember throwing my hands up, not out, but throwing them up above my head. And I remember saying to her, look, mama, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you. And it was enough of a pause for her to be still and breathe on it. And that pause was enough of an opportunity for me to get past her and out the kitchen and only to feel her hand at my back, right? So it's just about literally moving out of harm's way, literally, right? Right. And so I knew I would never go back. Now she's screaming, like, get out of my house. She's saying everything, everything that she says, <laughs> and she's doing, doing things, you no, know, doing what she do. And again, I don't know if it was the drugs. I don't know if she was high. It was so much going on. Mm -hmm. It's not clear. It's not clean. I can't say, and I don't want to paint her villain. I don't think that's it at all. I think she lived in a survival mode mentality and world. And that's a whole different culture. And if you don't know survival, then you don't know me. So I got out the house and I realized I wouldn't go back. Not because of mama, but because of me. I knew that I couldn't guarantee that the next time I wouldn't put my hands on her. Right. I, I couldn't guarantee it anymore. Because when you get to a certain age, there's a lot of things you can't forgive because you think it's you. But by the time you get to 15, 16, you start to see how things are not fair. And if you get a taste of freedom, then you know that you don't have to deal with certain things, right? So that was it. And that's when I took to the streets. And um, now, granted, it was like going from the fire pit into the fire. I didn't catch all that. But that's a whole nother walk. But that's what happened is I knew that I couldn't protect her from me. In fact, me not going back to her house was me protecting her from me. I love her too much to hurt her. And I will not hurt her. I won't even hurt her in my words. Because I know her life was not kind. Mama didn't come out the womb, Mama. Life turned her into Mama. Mm -hmm. And I have complete compassion for that. So that's how I got on the streets. Now, while I was on the streets, all kinds of shit broke out. And like I said, that's a whole nother level. But 
Miss Francis was my ninth grade math teacher. I had been sleeping outside, eating out of trash cans. That was roast infested, rat infested, sleeping in alleys, and just surviving, right? That was bottom line. And it was my ninth grade math teacher who intervened. I came to school one day, smelled like piss and beer because I was sleeping in piss and beer. And I didn't have a way to clean me up. I wasn't well. And the other kids said bad things, and the teachers turned their head. And you would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see that I was in dire straits. Right. And people chose to turn their backs, except for Miss Francis. She had me sit in the back of her math classroom for the entire day, all right? And anytime one of the kids would say something bad to me, she says, look, if you say anything to Venus, I'm going to give you a zero. And I felt protected. It was the first time in my life I ever felt protected. And after school, she helped me. She got me cleaned up. Because you're a guy, because, you know, I'm used to talking to women's groups. But, um, <laughs> I know, right? My God, it's a point. I needed clean underwear. I didn't have clean underwear. And so she took care of that. And she dropped me off at my street corner, and she never made me explain now, this is important because sometimes, look, you never know whose life you're going to save. You don't know. You have no idea. And sometimes it's not what you say that will make a difference. Sometimes it's what you don't say. And she was able to help me keep my pride because I would have lied. I would have said everything's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have lied to her. But over time, I would hang out after school and wipe her boards down because I knew if I hung out long enough, I would get a free meal. Now, that's five meals a week burning. Okay. I went to school not because of school, but because they had food. It had breakfast, it had lunch, and Miss Francis became my dinner. That meant I only had to cover Saturday and Sunday. You see what I mean? Right. And so total survival mode. Well, it was. We I call it that now. Back in the day, it was just life. Right. Right. Because I don't think when you're in it, it's like being in a bad relationship. You don't know you're in a bad relationship until you get out of it. So I didn't know anything different to me. That was just normal. That literally was my normal, and I didn't have it mean bad or good. I just had it equal. Okay, what I need to do next. And so she, Miss Francis, she was amazing, man. And she took me into her home and she adopted me, not legally, but in spirit. But she had the other teachers write letters so oh, I could wow. be declared independent by the state as an underage person, right? Mm-hmm. And she just did a lot. And that was the reason I was able to get funding to go to college. So, because I couldn't have someone sign for me. It's not me. And 14 years later, I graduated from Stanford University with a second master's degree and a PhD. Right. And so she was the one who showed me through her actions that I matter, that I'm not a piece of shit, that I'm not something people can just throw away and piss on. Like it was her. It wasn't me. So people ask me these questions. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying in general, like, well, how did I persevere? I didn't persevere. I was loved through it. Right. And so that's what I do with my clients. I love them through it. I love them through their growth edge. And so I took all of my survival. I turned it to a system that generated over $7 million for my clients in five years and fast-tracked me to the million-dollar mark. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that is a mouthful. And there's so much that you said in there that people could take away from this. One of the things that I think is the most important, and it's something I read that you wrote, that you're bigger than your bruises. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that you may be messed up right now, mm-hmm. and that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's only your fault if you decide to stay that way. I don't know if it's a decide. Or I, if you stay that way. Well, it's one of the things I'm more mindful of. Because I think that in America, we speak like willpower is it. Yeah. You can willpower yourself out of something. And no amount of willpower would have got me off the streets. No, you needed help. Yeah, I needed someone to, in my vernacular, love me through it. Now, there's a lot of ways to say it. And there's plenty of us who've done different things. I think that what I'm really clear on is that you know, I talk about Mama, I talk about Miss Francis, but it didn't start with me, it didn't start with them. It's a historical wound. 
I think that the history of slavery in the diaspora, right, whether it's apartheid, whether it's colonialism, it has an impact on how you see yourself. And those survival strategies that are born in moments of crises, no matter what culture, whether you're Asian or Latina, there are certain cultural conversations and certain survival strategies that come with every culture that get acted out on women's bodies. And I think men do it too. And I think it's a whole nother way to hold it. But there are different hurts that aren't yours. That's your pain that you didn't earn, right? And those survival strategies have become cultural traits specifically for black women. Being strong is a survival strategy. You don't come out the womb strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But I I didn't, right? And so a lot of times people try to make you choose it. How the hell do you choose that? Well, you got to do something about it. How do you learn how to do something about it? If you come from any kind of brokenness, pain, or it doesn't have to be an extreme. My shit's extreme. It could be you just were the first person you have your family to go to college. How do you learn how to buy a house? There's a whole world in terms of survival that doesn't look extreme that if you don't understand it, you'll think there's something wrong with you. And that's the thing that I'm real mindful of at this point in my walk, especially as an entrepreneur. A lot of people come to me saying they want to be a millionaire. And I'm very good at teaching people how to bring in new money. I believe that black women should be millionaires, damn it, but that we should be paid. (laughs) And so I have a real commitment that black women get paid really well for what they bring. But what I've realized is the survival strategies that make you successful, that get you out the ghetto or get you out of that relationship or get you into a business are not the ones that are going to get you to a million bucks. Because the survival strategies that you know to do in order to make it in the world, working hard, being strong, being nice, pressing through, overcoming, whatever your thing is, those same behaviors will undermine your success when it's time to move from what I call self-esteem money to self-worth money. Oh, really? Now that's interesting. Why is that interesting? How so? Because I think that's probably the first time I've heard that put like that. I would think that the ability to press forward to continue doing what it is that you want to do wouldn't necessarily get you to a million dollars, but it would help. Mm -mm, Not necessarily. That's one of the things. Well, it depends on who you read. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do cash. All right. Vernon, I don't do credit. I don't do capital. I do cash. So that's a different kind of money. There's some people who make their money in business because they go get venture capitalist. Right. Right. And there's some people who do government contracts. All right. I don't do that. I do private equity. I do cash. I show you how to get money in the door. Cash money. Now, given that I'm a black girl from the streets, that's kind of how I roll, you know? So it's a good match for me. But what I've discovered is that most people who want to make money, for real, for real, what they know to do to make money was born in a moment of crises. True. Okay? And it worked in that moment of crises. But what happens if you no longer have the moment of crises? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. How do you continue to make money? Do you have to continue to create crises? And there are some people who do. That in order for them to produce, they have to have something at stake. Or they have to feel like they're going to lose something. But that's only because that's the only way they know how to activate their survival. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it parallels a lot of the stories I hear entrepreneurs tell where, you know, I was in this situation where everything was just going bad and I had almost lost it all, but then I was able to turn it around and then it happened again and I was able to turn it around again. Then it happened again. And I'm like, why does it keep happening? (laughs) (laughs) Have you figured out why it keeps happening? James Alcatraz talks about it a lot. 
mm-hmm. the fact that he made millions and then lost it and then made millions and then lost it again. Mm-hmm. And now he's finally figured out that he wasn't putting himself first and was making these bad choices. And that was why he kept losing it. Right. And that's what I call survival. That he kept making bad choices was a function of his survival wouldn't let him keep it. You see what I'm saying? It's like people win the lottery. Yeah. It's their survival won't let them keep it. It goes against how they see themselves. I'll say it like this, Vernon. This is something that I teach all of my clients across the board. You will never out-earn your self-image. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay? And it doesn't have to be negative. If your self-image is, I have to do it alone, you cannot scale. I found that out the hard way. <laughs> Silly. All right? If you don't trust, you can't delegate. All right? If you have to be needed then you're going to create a lot of people who can't pay you. If you got to do it your way, then you're going to have a high turnover. I have walked this, yeah. all right? And it's just your survival strategies that are keeping your identity in place so that you are safe. And I get it, and it should, because that's the nature of survival. But if you're at a place where you actually want to make millions, not just make money, but really make millions, you're going to have to do a different kind of money. So there's what I call your self-esteem money, which is based on psychology, which is... Self-esteem, right? The internal, you may want to write this down. Oh, I am. And not just you, but for everyone who's listening. <laughs> you may want to write this down. Hey, this is free coaching, guys. People pay a lot of money for this. Oh, my God. They really do. And it's, I'm not a coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a black woman millionaire mentor. I'm so into that. And I get so... Because I think coaching is a very specific skill set that I don't have. But I'm a great mentor. Self-esteem is a psychological term. It simply means an internal evaluation of yourself based on your feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and even your lived experience. In short, it's you talking to you based on how you feel about you. So if you feel good about you one day, you go make the sale. You make the call, all right? You are killing it. You are crushing it. You are a bad man and jammer, all right? But let's say the next day you get in a fight with your sweetie. Your day is screwed. You can't remember your name. You don't know what you're talking about. Your self-doubt goes through the roof. You go sit down. You eat the cookie. It's just a mess. But either way it goes, it was based on how you felt. Now, if you're living like that, then your money's going to go up and down, right? So I don't want you to do money based on internal evaluation. I want you to actually start to do money based on valuation, which is a finance term. Mm -hmm. Okay? So valuation simply means an external assessment of an asset to a community, group, or market. Wow. I don't know if you guys caught what she just said, but that's powerful. Thank you, Vernon. <laughs> that is powerful. Thank you, Vernon. I'm a smarty pants. Yes, you yes, are. I am, man. I'm telling you, and it works, which is why I'm so good with money, is because if you don't know the difference between self-worth money and self-esteem money, you're screwed. You're going to keep doing money based on how you feel about you and what you think. You won't position yourself as an asset to a community group of market. Right. So if you haven't done that, then your money can't grow. Yeah, you're trying to be a commodity instead of an asset. Well, you're being a fucking you're a plumber. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like it's like you it's like you're trading dollars for hours for a service. And you're not a service, you're a new market. You just don't know it yet. You are a new market, baby. You just don't know that you're a new market. You really are. And uh, most of us, if we're coming up off something or we're coming into business newly, we try to make money off of our skill. Okay? But everybody has your skill. I know some people in Malaysia and Africa who will have your skill better for pennies on a dollar. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're trying to make money off of your skill, it's going to be a hard road to hoe. I suggest strongly that you don't make money off your skill. You make money off of your story. Nobody has your walk. Yeah. Leveraging your story. It's beyond leveraging, Vernon, because leveraging implies it's other pieces. Okay. For example, I don't know your story, Vernon, but if I looked at you, the social strategy podcast, which I think is a great name. All right. Well, thank you. No, I'm into that. Right. I'm into it. But I promise you, if we took five minutes and we looked at, okay, you said that you came from, was it Detroit, the inner city? No, I'm St. Louis. St. Oh, St. Louis. Great. Were you there for Hurricane Katrina and all that? That's New Orleans. But oh, right. I don't know my stuff. It's wherever you were from, Mid- right? Midwest, St. Louis. Uh, I think Chicago okay. type, Midwest. Okay, great. So you're Midwest. And one of the things you said when we were getting ourselves sorted out, uh, you said something about you didn't have a lot of authority, so you built your own platform. Right. Right. And because you didn't think that you had credibility, and I'm not saying you did or didn't, I trust you on this, that you like, I'm going to build my own thing. Damn it. I'm going to do me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you did it. Right. And you did good because you got it because we're here. You got like 20,000 <laughs> downloads a month. I'm loving you for it. So it worked. Right. right. The thing that I would wonder is what if we actually took a different aspect of like, and I'm not saying this is me playing with it so you can see what I'm talking about. If we took a piece of your story of, you came from St. Louis and you came from, was it like uh, middle class, lower class, no, higher? Lower class, homeless to, you know, my mother basically. Uh, so I'll give you a, a quick rundown so you can actually have some a point of reference. Okay, thanks. It helps. So 1970s, father passed, mm-hmm. uh, black woman in the 70s. She's college educated, but she's black woman in the 70s with two kids. Mm-hmm. Basically lost everything. The tenants that they had in the 15-room house Mm-hmm. that we owned flooded the entire third floor. We lived on the first. Mm-hmm. So it not only flooded the third floor, but it flooded the second floor and part of ours. The house was condemned. So she lost pretty much everything because everything was tied up in the house. Right. So mm-hmm. when floors start collapsing because they mm-hmm. don't pay the rent and bust the pipes and you don't find out about it until basically the building's unsafe, you mm-hmm. lose everything. So we're pretty much out on the street. Mm-hmm. was taken in by relatives and then by friends. And she basically pulled herself back up. But mm-hmm. throughout that entire time, I mean, we were poor. Like mm-hmm. the church would bring right. Thanksgiving dinner over. I've right. never shared that before, but that's mm-hmm. the kind of life that I was used to living. But that entire time mm-hmm. I went to private school. Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school because she wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that I had the advantages and she worked the church rummage sale. I worked at the church on the weekends to mm-hmm. earn tuition. I mean, we did pretty much everything we needed to do. She put my sister through private school and through um, private university, put mm-hmm. me through private school, you know, mm-hmm. before she ended up getting sick with cancer and passing away. Mm-hmm. I think I was 19. Mm-hmm. So it was a rough road, but I'm a self-taught IT person. I have an IT background. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everything I've done, I've learned it on my own through mm-hmm. just being scrappy and learning it. So that's kind of my story. There's plenty. So great. So let's play with it for a moment just because we can. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. That's perfectly fine. And it's just playing with it. And you're not, y'all don't get stuck with anything. But I just want to show you something because it's kind of cool. So I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing and we'll play with it. You're not stuck with this, Vernon. You can throw it all away later. But if it's good, give me credit. I'm sure it's going to be good. <laughs> you're fun. So and just write this down because that's to play with it. I like the idea of, do, have you ever heard this? I like the idea of mama's hands. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Okay. And I got that from Bill Woods. Remember that song, Grandma's Hands? I do. Okay. And the reason I'm pulling that is because the people who would come from your generation would know what that means. 
Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a reference. It's an emotional reference. But I like mama's hands. I like mama's love. I like a mother's love. And I like the idea of my life easier than hers. Right. Yeah. Just catch those. You're not stuck with that. Right. But what I would love to hear, I would love for you to do a series just on your mother. Hmm. You should check about it. And I love the idea of a black man's. And the reason I'm saying that, because I think that there's something that, that will make a huge difference. And what it also builds your following in a very different way. But I would love to do a series of a black man's tribute to his mother. Right. I, I may just have to do that. And I mean, you don't have to. But the reason why I'm speaking it is because you have so much love for your mom. Right. And all that she did is such a beautiful testament in the world where we hear black women. We don't hear the story about what your mom did. Right. We don't hear that narrative. Right. And because you are a black man in social media and you start to say, I'm going to do a whole series on black men who love their mothers. And you actually did a whole series about that. And you start to tell that story. And then you talk about how social media helps me get that story out. You're going to have a whole different group of people who show up who need social media strategy because we built it around your story. Oh, wow. Can you hear the difference? I can. Okay. Now, you're not stuck with that, and that's not even my best. That's just me trying to give you a shape on it. Right. What I'm pointing to is more often than not, people buy from their emotions. They don't buy from their heads. And if you're really out to make money, you're going to have to align yourself with people who believe what you believe, not what you do. So my thing is, I believe in creating movements. And my movement is my tribe. In my tribe are my high-end clients. And I teach all my people how to do high-end sales, okay? By positioning yourself as either a lead thought leader, a boutique business, or a luxury brand. But it all comes from that they all believe what I believe. So my movement is Black Women Matter. And I just did a series called Black Women Millionaires Virtual Salon. I got on the email list for that because I was interested. Okay, good. I'm hoping you're listening. But my whole point is that right there, that campaign reached half a million black women. Okay. We have less than 10,000 opt-ins, between eight and 10,000 opt-ins so far. Okay. From that group, I will end up pulling my high-end clients and they're already warm. Mm-hmm. So if you understand how to do that, and I'm, and I'm not, and this is just giving me a rough sketch. You know, my students have to learn how to build a movement, how to position their talk, really getting the tags and titles together so that they convert for that you bring the right people to you. You know, um, there's a whole world that goes with it. But my point is when you actually learn how to leverage your story or to, I say, sell your story, you know, I, I think pimping your pain for profit is my thing. <laughs> your million dollar moneymaker and everyone has one. It's not located in your brain. It's located in your pain. Where life broke your heart. And where you had, for you, when you said, I, I scrapped it, I did it myself, of course you would. Of course you would interview, of course you would interview solopreneurs. Of course you would. <laughs> right? a, I mean, it's a perfect match for your survival. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it has its benefits, but it also has its downsides because it really is until you can let somebody else support you and really trust that they got your back and pick well. You can only do it, you only have 24 hours in a day, right? Right. So my point is, everyone has a million-dollar moneymaker in them, okay? And everyone has a story. And there are tribes that are for whom you are the answer to their prayer. And when you learn how to price, package, and position that such that they can find you, you never have to make, you I don't, you never have to worry about money again. I don't have a lot of clients. I don't have a big list, okay? I don't do a lot of traveling and speaking. I don't do that. I work from home, Okay. But, you know, it's 
I'm a black woman millionaire because I was able to powerfully position my story so people who believe what I believe could find me. And that's how I got into Ebony's Wealth Issue. Um, they, they interviewed four millionaires who made their money off their passion. I say I made my money off my pain, okay? I was just featured in Forbes. Um, my, my words are going out there. And there's the about what can we learn from black women millionaires? So, and there's other credits, but I'm saying that it was my story, not my skill. Now, I'm a great professor. I'm a tenured professor. I'm a scholar by training. I'm a philosopher from Stanford. That's what I'm, I'm a theorist. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm also artistic. I close the show off Broadway and I'm a playwright and, and, and poet. So I talk and write and relate like an artist. Right. But those are my skills. My, I don't, I don't sell. I'm a professor. I don't try to position being a teacher. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? That would be, that's not fun, but I can teach you once you're in my house based on the fact that you, that I've said something that speaks directly to your lived experience. And because people buy from people they know, like, and trust, you'll see me if I can show you my heart. And Vernon, that's the thing that I think that most people don't understand is that people don't want your skill. They want your heart. And in the heart giving, they'll get the skill. Wow. I almost don't want to share this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it for yourself, Bernie. Keep it for yourself. Hey, this is a this is a four ninety seven product. <laughs> Just know, this interview. I know, I know, I know, and I and I overgive. I do that. I'm I'm okay with that, but um, it is, and it's designed to um help you understand that you're closer than you think. You really are, right? There's no shortage of abundance on the planet. There really isn't, and there's a lot of ways to not do it well, right? But it really is stuff that's really doable, and um, it's what I've perfected. It's what I'm good at. You wow. Know? Yeah, this 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 is awesome. So tell me tell me a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about what you currently have going on. Uh, your Black Women Millionaires uh, Virtual Salon. Mm-hmm. Talk talk a little bit more about that and how people can find out more information about that. Well, I'm you know I'm coming to money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that I think that the key to I think money is energy, not a tangible artifact. I mean, it used to be cowie shells, you know, tobacco, cane, sugar, cotton. Then it was coin. No, then it was uh, bars. Then it became coins. Then it became paper. Now it's digital. So money really is energy, right? And so I believe that if you want to make money, you have to heal your heart. And I think that money, money if, if money is energy, then money needs a conduit, just like electricity needs a conduit to move through. Right. So if that's the case, and I I propose that it is the case, um, the conduit for which your millions will be located is through your heart. So I spend my time supporting you and working through with you and loving you through it in terms of healing your heart as the key to your economic affluence. And I only work with people who are committed to being millionaires. There are plenty of people who show you how to make money and to brand and to strategize. That's fine. And I cover a bunch of that. But that's not what I'm selling. I'm into cash. I'm into you learning how to make money for the rest of your life. So you never have to depend on that man, that check, that woman, that job. You don't have to, you know, and but you have to learn how to monetize. And most most black, well, most people, but specifically black women, have we've been taught to serve, mm-hmm. but we've never been taught to monetize. You know, and most people have it, to be fair. So Black Women Millionaires is a series of interviews 
and MC Light blessed us with her word. So if you want that series, if you want to find out about it, go to blackwomanmillionaires.com. That would be, if you want to check up on that. And there's some recordings there, two VIP, two packages that if you want to invest in, you should go there and do that. I also have a gift that I think is even more useful. And let me just make sure, because I hope I'm not lying. Because <laughs> um, people send, because I'll say something and then I'm like, ah! <laughs> let me make sure I did it. I want to send you to the right page. Okay. And because we just did it, literally just came up, which is... I just created a new free offer, a new free gift to give to people Mm -hmm. because I want to show people how to bring in new money. And that's my thing. It's one thing to to work for somebody, but it's a whole nother thing to actually have money. So I think it's go to is um, Defy Impossible forward page forward slash gift. And I'm checking on it right now just to make sure I'm not lying to you. (laughs) It's so fresh. I have a new website that's coming out and I haven't pushed it out yet. And I have a whole new, yes, it's, yay, I'm so smart. It's Defy Impossible forward slash, defyimpossible.com forward slash gift. It is beast mode, all right? It is, it's a training, it's called Get Money, all right? And I'm into that. So, and it's bringing in new money now with the skills you already have. And what you're going to get is an audio, three-hour audio, and it's a workbook. It's this worksheet is a workbook because it's 21 pages, but it's designed to show you how to bring in money right now with what you already have. And so I'm excited about it. It's a $497 value, and it's my free gift to you because I want you to actually start to see that you really can do this. What I'll do and what I do with all my guests is everything that we talk about is going to be in the show notes. And so there'll be a link to that in the show notes directly to that page. Okay, perfect. That'd be great. And that way, if you're interested and just know that I I market to black women, but I have clients from all walks of life, all genders, all ethnicities, all gay, straight, brown, purple. I have everybody. All right. And the people who come to me are people who are who actually resonate with my message. And that is that you are bigger than your bruises. So know that you're welcome on my campus and know that I will speak directly in black girl vernacular. Okay. So (laughs) so I don't want to surprise because I I really do want black women to have the feeling of being first. We've always been at the bottom socially. So I'm making my business that black women are positioned as the center instead of at the margin. Okay. And as long as you're okay with like knowing that I'm going to curse and I'm probably going to cry and pray and sometimes in the same breath. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes it's like that man I'm like you know what Lord fuck them right and it really does come out I tell people I'm bilingual I speak street oh, I love it. sometimes the street in me comes out sometimes the stammered in me comes out but no matter how I bring it know that it's always in love that there's nothing in me that's not committed to you thriving and winning in your life and I just want you to understand that you truly are bigger than your bruises, and I really am committed that you monetize your mess, that you dollarize your disasters, and that you cash in on your catastrophes. I'm tired of you running around scared and embarrassed and ashamed. You didn't do anything wrong, boo. You didn't do anything wrong. Is there are people who are praying for you. They need you. They need you. So let's help them find you, okay? Well, I thank you for coming on. That is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's rare that I have an interview where I'm thinking about something that the guest said, and it's just like, Wow, that brings up a lot of emotion that I had not even thought about and celebrating. So the idea that you were talking about with celebrating my mother, I'm like, wow, not something I thought about. And as I start thinking about it and you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) glad this isn't on video because it's about to start in a minute. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's going to heal a lot of women. It'll be, and there'll be so many mothers. And then I can see music people that will buy, you know, is this, I mean, you can build a whole empire right around just that notion. And the way that you push it out through social media, social strategies. You says, look, I'm starting a movement around celebrating our mothers, you know, black men who celebrate their mothers, you know, and that I would love to get the word out and watch how it takes fire. And you'll be surprised. And you just tell the story you just told us. Right. And then, and the thing is, if you do it all through social strategies, it becomes a no-brainer. Like, if you want to tell your story, I can help you with that. Oh, wow. You know I'm saying? It's just a real, I mean, I give that to you for free. And, and that's so you know, people pay me a shitload of money for this. I know. Right? <laughs> um, oh, I know. I know you know. My heart will always be generous. And I do think that it's something that will make a huge difference for you because you'll have a different experience of yourself. And it'll change your business. You actually realize you're not, you're more than a social strategist. You're more than a podcaster. You're more than that. You're a black man who made it out. Yeah. And that, my sweet, is extraordinarily marketable. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to get out your business now. I'm going to stop pouring into you because I want to overcome. <laughs> but anything else, and you can always edit out the parts for you and keep the other parts. Oh, no, we're going to keep it all in. <laughs> it's for everybody. I want, you know, the, the thing about what you were just saying is that. If it touches me, I know it's going to touch somebody else yes. that's listening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, whether you're black, whether you're white, you know, I don't care. And Dr. Venus doesn't care. Mm -hmm. You got to take this in because what you guys just experienced, not what you just listened to, what you just experienced mm -hmm. could be life changing for you if mm -hmm. you embrace it. Because mm -hmm. there's so much that you said in this past, like almost 40 minutes that you just have to go back and listen to. There's some life-changing stuff that she said in just this interview. I don't know if you guys caught it, but there's some there's some gems in here, not gold, gems, like diamonds mm -hmm. in here that you should pull out and start incorporating into your life. If you only just took away putting your heart and putting your personal story into your business, mm -hmm. that by itself could change the direction of your business. Mm -hmm. And I've started doing more of that, and I've seen entrepreneurs, once they tell their story, Mm -hmm. And they actually tell their story and not the story of their business or their brand mm -hmm. that it becomes powerful. And you guys, if you want me to bring it back to social media and business, take a look at the Super Bowl ads that actually put personal stories in mm. and how powerful they were. Like mm -hmm. the, the Reebok story with the uh, amputee skier mm. and how powerful that was and everything that she was doing. And she wasn't just a skier. She's running. She's biking. She's doing everything. And you're embraced by it. And so you go out to Reebok site because they told that personal story. Mm. Stories matter. Mm -hmm. And you've just shown us how much your own personal stories matter. And I really do appreciate it. You're welcome, Vernon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'll let everybody know how they can find you online. What's the best social media outlet to find you on? I'm a Facebook junkie. So if you want, because I actually play a lot. So if you go to my Facebook fan page, which is facebook.com forward slash DR Venus Opal Reese, I post on that a lot. And I also like Twitter, but I do most. I'm a Facebook girl. Those two I really play with the most in that order. Okay. I'll make sure to link those up in the show notes. And uh, Dr. Venice, I appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for being so willing and so open. And thank you for creating a platform. And you need to feel me on this. I'm proud for you in terms of honoring how your mother loved you. That whole life that you walked through created you perfectly to create this platform. And that is such a beautiful gift in terms of honoring your mother's love. So I bear witness to your walk. 
I bear witness to your mother's walk, and I bear witness to the difference you make because you're willing to tell the story. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That has served me well today. Thank you. Wow, that was amazing, right? You know, I, I know I say that all the time, but that was really a good experience for me. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Some interesting things from Dr. Venus about self-esteem money and self-worth money and actually using a valuation method to... Uh, Consider yourself an asset and not to basically sell your skills as a commodity. You know, people, people don't make money on your skill. You make money on your story. That, and that was interesting. She's had some, some good one-liners like pimping your pain for profit, but it's so true. You know, your million dollar moneymaker is not located in your brain. It's located in your pain where life broke your heart. That's, that's a powerful statement because, you know, if you think about it, it's the, uh, it's the lessons that we learn from the difficulties that we have that really push us forward and help us to grow. And I think that's what Dr. Venus is expressing in her interview and in her mission and, and her story and what she does and how she is on a mission to help black women become millionaires. And I love it. I'm, I'm happy for what she's doing and I really do appreciate what she's doing. It's um, it is definitely an inspiring story and something that I really hope resonate, which resonates with you guys so let me know what you think. You know, it's there's just so many things I could talk about in this episode. If you want to make money, you have to heal your heart. That in itself is just an interesting statement. Go back and listen to this interview again. If you just finished, go back, listen to it. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. Dr. Venus was really generous and gave us a free gift. Go out to defyimpossible.com forward slash gift. And you're going to get a three-hour audio. This has been sold for $497, this course and this class that she teaches. This is going to help you position yourself to go out and actually start bringing in new clients. There's a workbook that you can download when you sign up for this that you guys really need to go out, get it, take advantage of it. Let me know that you did because this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have uh, links to all of that in the show notes. Remember, you can find Dr. Venus Opal Reese out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Venus Opal Reese. That's also going to be linked right up in the show notes, along with all the ways you can get in touch with her. I really did appreciate her coming on. She is amazing and an amazing force. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. So, you know, when you, when you start talking about uh, you know, some of her background and the fact that she's got a doctorate degree from Stanford and a master's degree from Stanford and her background. And you start thinking about the value of learning and the value of education. One of the things that I value and something that I've been able to do is to get you guys a free 10 day trial on lynda.com. So if you just go out to lynda.com forward slash Ross, you're going to get a 10 day free trial on me. And the reason that I bring that up is because there's 3,000 courses out there that you guys can take and you can take them for 10 days for free. You're not going to be able to take 3,000 courses for free, but there's something right now that you need to learn. There's something that you need to get better at. So why not spend 10 days getting better at it at my expense? It's a 10-day free trial. It doesn't cost you anything. Go sign up. Get the 10-day free trial. If you don't keep it, you can cancel right at the end of that 10 days and you're done but you would have learned something. So take advantage, learn something from Linda on me, lynda.com forward slash Ross for your 10 day free trial to go out and learn something new. Everyone needs to be learning these days. And you know, the technology is 
ever-changing, and you always need to do something. If you have a WordPress blog, if you're a blogger or a podcaster, there's something you got to learn how to do on WordPress. Or there's something that you want to know how to do. I told the story about Articulate in the last episode on how I had to you know, jump on there to help the wife with something she was doing for work. It was amazing. It was out there. Almost anything you want, you're going to want to learn how to do is out on Linda.com in relation to technology. Everything's not out there, but out of 3,000 courses, I think you're going to find something that you want to do. So definitely, guys, go check it out, lynda.com forward slash Ross, 10-day free trial. And to connect with me online, email me, vernon at vernonross.com. You can connect with me at Ross PR just about everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, Tag me. Let me know where you're listening to the show. I like getting those. I've gotten a few of them now. And you guys are joining me on Snapchat. This is amazing. I'm really interested in what this Snapchat experiment is going to turn into. So keep adding me on Snapchat and I'll keep sending you interesting snaps and keep sending me some of those funny, interesting snaps. Just go search for me at Ross PR or, you know, minus the at sign, just Ross PR on Snapchat. You'll find me there. I am really loving the snaps that I'm getting from you guys. I'll also put my little Snapchat thing. So all you have to do is point your phone at your computer. If you're listening on your computer and take a picture with your camera and it will connect you to me on Snapchat. Otherwise you'll have to search for me because if you're listening on your phone, you can't point your phone at your phone. That's kind of better, right? <laughs> anyway. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here and I will see you in the next episode.